If you are if you are a visitor, you're like, why are they so happy? Because God is good all the time. No matter what you feel right now, He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Loves you the same. Got good plans for you. Doesn't matter. Your feelings are very deceptive. So we don't we don't want to go by feelings. We want to go by fact. It's what the Word of God says. Can I get amen? amen? Let's all campuses. Let's all stand to our feet. We're gonna pray real quick. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need God today. Say, I need him tomorrow too. <laughs> say, I need him yesterday. <laughs> say, he was there yesterday, but I was tripping. <laughs> Let's lift our hands up in the air. When we lift our hands up in the air, um, a lot of times for all you campuses uh, during our worship time, I'll come out here and lift my hands up. That's a signal for all of us to lift our hands up. And what this means is I surrender. I give up. That's what this means. I worship you. My hands are holy. Nothing in them. I love you. So we want to we we um, practice this every Sunday. Amen. Amen. Because if you're standing like this, oh, God, I worship you. Yeah. <laughs> That's like saying, yeah, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. Okay. Lord, I'm paying attention. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We worship you. You are so good to us. Thank you for being good to us. We acknowledge that you're here. There's nowhere else we can go to get what we can get from you, which is unconditional love. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you put your hands down, you're going to do two things. If your shoulders are burning, this is the reason you need to work out. It's only been about 30 seconds. Come on now. You're going to do two things. You're going to give a high five to the person next to you and you're going to say God loves you. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen, 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 amen. Do you know that you can decide, you can decide that you are going to be excited or not? Yes. That you can get up and say, I'm going to be excited today. Instead of saying, what is life going to give me? No, what, is, what, is, what am I going to give life? Amen. So we're going to be excited today. Say, I'm excited. Say, I'm carrying burdens. I got drama. But I trust God more than my drama. Look at the person next to you and say, be excited today. God's going to bless you today. God's going to trip you out today. <laughs> Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on now, church. Come on now, church. Amen. There's probably 20 people going, mm, I ain't excited. I ain't know what's going on my life. He don't got no problems, you think? Police. <laughs> Oh, my daughter got married last Saturday. Amen. They gone. They gone. They gone. I walked my daughter. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to get to my lesson plan today. I, I, I walked my daughter down the aisle and my son gave her, uh, my son said, who gives this man to be the other? And, and then I, I said me. And then I kind of went to the other side and did the vows. And someone said, would you, you know, if you did it different, would you just have, if you had to do one, I said, uh, you know, either walk it down and do the vows. I said, no, I'm doing both. <laughs> I ain't going to have some other dude walk my daughter down, right? And so I walked my daughter down. And, and when I did the vows, I said, you know, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. And I looked at her husband. I said, brother, no refunds. 
Now, let me tell you, we love the dude and ain't going to be no, it was kind of, I, I told him I was going to say that because they're really good and we love the dude, love the brother. But so no refunds and uh, uh, so all the kids are gone. It's, as a parent, your job is to get your kids to move out, step number one. And then step number two is to get them to be married because that's like a double insurance policy that they ain't coming back. <laughs> this is a joke. I, I'm kind of going off, off track really big time right now. I just tell you one more story. There's a, there was a story on, on TV, and, and if this kind of pricks you wrong, good. Um, it was a 30-year-old that the parents had to go to court to get him to leave the house. And the brother had the nerve to say to the judge, I need more time to get my finances in order. It's like, brother, you had 30 years. Huh. Anyway. I don't know why I'm so delirious right now. Anyway, let's see your Bibles on the count of three. Say word. One, two, three, say word. Yeah. Come on, church, right, 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 real loud, say word. Yeah. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I apologize for that. I just kind of went a little postal on you. <laughs> Genesis 3. It's the first book in the Bible, so it's real easy. Years ago, we had a consultant here. Her name was Barb Nagel, and she was a marketing consultant. And she had about 10 of our leaders in a room, and she asked us this powerful question, very simple. I thought it was a simple question. What's the purpose of Sunday? What's the purpose of church service? And I was like, oh, evangelism. She said, no. I was like, who do you think you are coming up in here telling me? <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. I just thought, I was like, what? I figured she must know something. She's going to jam me up like that. And I, and I said, okay. And then someone else said, teach the word. She said, nope. Worship. Nope. Fellowship. Nope. Giving. Nope. Like, what? So we're all sitting there baffled. And she said, to enter into the presence of God. When you come to church, you are coming here to engage in the presence of God. The word, the worship, the offering is all a response and designed to bring you into that uh, presence, respond to the presence. The reason we lift our hands in worship, we are responding to the presence of God. We are welcoming acknowledging, encouraging, engaging the presence of God. When the presence of God engages you, things happen. And so for this month, I want to focus on the presence of God. And what I want you to do, if anything you do from get out of this, is that you would think about the presence of God. That you would repeat to yourself, in your head, out loud, the word presence. Presence of God. We, you talk to yourself anyway. Say amen if you know you talk to yourself. You talk to yourself. It's called self-talk. Uh, matter of fact, I heard someone say when you, t- t- when you talk to yourself, it's called thinking. When you talk to God, it's called crazy. No, when you talk to God, it's called prayer. You talk to yourself all the time. Say, oh, yeah, look at that person. They think they're this. And, oh, he, I, I want that car. And she, oh, she, that hairdo just ain't working for her. And, you know, 
he's uh, kind of a fat dude. We say all kind of garbage in our head. It's garbage, by the way. What about saying, I want to engage in the presence of God. I'm walking in the presence of God. I acknowledge the presence of God. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Can you imagine the difference in your attitude? I'm working on a series uh, on thinking that I'm going to do in August. And I don't know the title of it yet, of the series. It may be called Think About Your Thinking or it may be called Mind Your Business. (laughs) I like that one. See, you like that one, huh? (laughs) Okay, so that's going to be the title right now. Looks like it's something better. But Mind Your Business is Apply Your Mind to Your Business. Because it's the difference between your mind and your brain. Well, I'm not going to get too much into it now. But when you think positive things, you have healthy things happen in your brain. And you have healthy things happen in your DNA. Your DNA will change based on your thoughts. I'm not going to get too much into the sermon because I want to save it for later. But when you think negative things, you have toxic things and destructive things happen in your brain and in your DNA. It's physiological. And so if you walk around thinking garbage, you will have literally toxins in your brain and in your DNA. And if you walk around thinking positive things, you will have promote health in your brain and in your body. That's a fact. And so I want to encourage you as, you, as this whole month, see, I'm walking around in circles. I've got I to have all this space here. When, you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're walking around, when you're walking around, when you're, yeah, when you're walking around in your, in your house, at your job, whatever, and you just say presence of God, presence of God, presence of God. Word of God, the love of God, the peace of God, and things are going to happen in your life, in your, phys- in your physiology, in your relationships, in your spirit. They're going to be positive. And, and God's going to give you opportunities. Why? Because you're going to be ready for the opportunities. Sometimes God, well, I shouldn't say sometimes, God doesn't give you stuff because you're not ready for it. Some of you don't want a wife, you ain't ready for a wife. So you make it happen with a wife that, that God don't want you to have, and then it don't work out. Then you blame God because you met her at church. Well, she was at church looking for her husband. She wasn't ready for it. So you all made something that you weren't ready for happen. It just happened to be in the building. Don't blame that on me. Don't blame that on God. That's on you. Because sometime in that process, God said, mm-mm. God sometimes might not say much more than mm-mm. Everyone's saying mm-mm. If you hear that, just back off. Get yourself. Hold up. Let me think. Are you all following me? Okay, Genesis. Everyone say presence. Say presence. Say presence. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. Look what it says. It says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. And by the way, you have a lesson plan. I'm probably not going to get to it today. We'll do it next week. So just hold on to it. Bring it back. Uh, By the way, first come next week. About 40 to 50% of the people come once a month. Come to church. You're not going to worship like this at work or anywhere else. Okay. Genesis chapter 28. Turn it to Genesis chapter 28. It says, Genesis chapter 28. It says in chapter 28 verse 10, it says, Jacob went out from Beersheba. Genesis 28, 10. Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Because the sun had set, he took one of the rocks from that place and put it in his head and he laid down in the place. By the way, his pillow was a rock. So that's hard times right there, okay. 
I don't know what you're dealing with, but I doubt you have a rock for a pillow. And it says, he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up from the earth and its top reached the heavens. And there angels of God ascended and descended on the ladder. God opened his eyes up to what was happening in the spiritual realm. Remember we talked about declaring what's already happening. He saw, God said, look what I'm doing right in this place. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, of God of Abraham, the God of your father, the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, they shall be the dust of, as much as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. Listen to that. God says, I'm not going to leave you. Say, God's not going to leave me. No matter what craziness you do. God will never leave you. It doesn't mean God's blessing your craziness because God does not bless his competition. In other words, if God wants you to be sexually pure, he's not going to bless your sexual immorality. If God wants you to tell the truth, he ain't going to bless your lies. So him being with you does not mean he's blessing you. He's probably there going, "Mm mm-hmm. So he's going to be, I'm going to be with you, okay. And then it says, and then it says, it says, verse 16, Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely. Everyone say surely. surely. Say surely. Uh, a buddy of mine, we text back and forth, and, and uh, we just text the word surely. And that means the rest of this sentence, just that one word. The Lord is in this place, and I ain't even know it. Wherever you go tomorrow, when you leave here, tonight, wherever you are, God is in that place, and you need to know it. <laughs> God's with me. In the, <laughs> some of you are going to have an argument tonight with somebody. You're like sitting here like this. I can't wait to get out of here because I'm gonna, we going we going at it. <laughs> that person, there's like 20 people right now. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. God's gonna be in that argument. He's gonna be right there. He's gonna be at your job. He's already at your job. He's at your apartment. He's in your car. He's everywhere. And you need to know it. And you need to act as though he's standing there looking at you, listening to you. You need to think. Thoughts, knowing he's hearing your thoughts. There's no place you can go where he's not. There's no place you can go where he's not already waiting for you to be there. First uh, Kings chapter 19. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, Deuteronomy. 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 Chapter four. Verse 37. It says. Uh, it's the fifth book of the Bible. So even if you went back to Genesis, that's cool. Just five, four books towards further, forward. Verse 37, because he has loved your father, verse 37, therefore he chose their descendants after them and he brought you out of Egypt with his presence. It says he brought you out of, out of Egypt with his presence. He brought you out of Egypt with his presence. He brought you out of Egypt with his presence. Go back to Exodus chapter 33, second book of the Bible. Why are you making us turn the pages? So you learn the pages. Exodus chapter 33. Moses was 40 years old when God called him. Actually, he was 40 years old when he became a fugitive. He was a shepherd for 40 years. At 80, God called him into the ministry. He walked around at 80. Anybody here in 80? Anybody here 80? Anybody here 80 years old? Anybody here 70 years old? Anybody here 60 years old? No, I'm not, I'm not 60. 
I'm almost 60. How many of y'all are 60? How many of y'all are under 40? Here we go. Okay, okay, okay. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. 80. Moses was walking around with a stick like this. 80. He led the Jews through the wilderness for 40 years until he was 120. And he dealt with a lot of drama. Chapter 33, verse 13, it says, he says, therefore I pray if I have found grace in your sight, God, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. These people who are complaining are your people. These people who are tripping are your people. These people who have no faith are your people, not mine. You brought me out here. You put me for, to lead your people. So help a brother out. This is what he's saying. You got to read the book. I'm telling you. It, it, he dealt with a lot of drama. And in verse 14, he said, he said my, God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses says, if your presence does not go with me, don't bring us. Don't go to work tomorrow without God's presence. Don't try to have that conversation without God's presence. Don't date that person without God's presence. If you're in a relationship right now, how many of y'all are in a relationship right now? Okay, let me say it this way. How many of y'all know another human being <laughs> of any gender, uh, uh, ethnicity, size, height, whatever, that you communicate with? Okay, yeah, we all have a relationship, right? And if you're in a relationship, say, God, I don't want to conduct this relationship with my wife, girlfriend, spouse, friend, neighbor, enemy. I don't want a person that, that we can't stand each other. I don't want to engage in this relationship without your presence. I don't want to have this conversation tomorrow without your presence. I don't want to sign this contract without your presence. You need to be there. So if, if I have to go without you, I'm not going because I, I'm doomed. You are doomed. If you come to church without in, trying to engage in the presence of God and, and at some point don't ever engage in the presence of God, you missed the whole point. So Moses said, Lord, I can't, I can't lead these people through the wilderness. We cannot get into the promised land without your presence. Everyone say presence. Say, God, I need your presence. Um, what is God's presence? In 1980, September 5th, 1980, I was 20 years old. I was at a party at our university and this girl walked in and I told my friend I'm going to marry that girl. I said this every time I saw a light-skinned girl anyway, so I figured one time it's going to happen. <laughs> So I'm just saying, I'm like it. <laughs> it's probably the first time I said it out loud to a friend. I said, no, 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 that, I'm going to marry that girl. So she came down, she was dancing with my friend, and I wanted to see if she had rhythm, because rhythm is very important. And uh, <laughs> she had rhythm, uh, and, and I went over and asked her to dance, and she said no. And then um, I said, you have to. <laughs> so we... <laughs> She danced with me. I later asked for her phone number. She said, no. I said, you have to? And she said, no, I don't. I said, how am I going to see you? She said, you figure it out. Slow record came on. I said, I figure, you know, we've been dancing together for like two hours. I figure now it's time to be close. Got to, you know, make this little, make this relationship move on a little bit. She said, no. She never did slow dance with me that night. Um, I ended up marrying that girl's my wife. Uh, you may have heard that story before. 
But after that night, and then as we started to get to know each other, whenever we were in a room together, if she was on the other side of the room, technically I was in her presence. But it's not the presence I'm talking about when I'm talking about God. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, the word for presence is the same word for face. I wanted to be in her face. <laughs> Can I get an amen, fellas? Can I get an amen? Okay. So, so what does that mean? I wanted to be right here. I don't want to be over here where she's over there. We're in the same, we're in the, we're in the presence because we're in the same room and technically she, we're in each other's presence. But I needed to be in her face. I need to be in direct line of sight so she can see me, so I can see her, so we can hear each other's voice, so we would think about each other, so we would listen to each other, so we could see each other's expression. That's what the Bible means when it says to be in the presence of God, to be in his face. Often, a lot of times we want, we, we want, I want to be in God's, I want to be in the aura, I want to be in the light, the smoke, and he's somewhere around here. And no, 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 you need to be in God's face so he can see you and hear you and think about you and interact and you can see his expression on his face that he has towards you, that he's thinking about you. Um, uh, years ago, there was a horse, Zenyatta, I don't know if any of y'all follow racehorses, I'm not a big racehorse person, I just happen to be captured by this story about this horse. It was a female horse, she is a female, and she won 19 in a row. She was 19 and 0. And in every race, she was usually the only female horse in the race. So I was like the underdog, I love that. And she would always start the race last. In other words, they would come out the gate and then she would wait, let everybody go ahead and she just ride in the back up until the end. And then she would pass everybody and win 19 times in a row. I was like, that's awesome. Can I get an amen? It's just awesome. And so I was hearing about this, hearing about this. And, and then she was coming up on her last race of her whole life. And then she was going to retire. She was at the Breeders' Cup. And she was going to uh, uh, hopefully end her career undefeated. Make a long story short, she lost by literally that much. And she was last. And at the very end, <laughs> the sea opened, all the horses parted. And I don't know, she came right through the middle. And, and just literally by inches, she lost. So anyway. I told the story about it because I, I, I did a message on it and the guy who trained the horse heard the message and he said, listen, she's in L.A. Uh, on Wednesday, whatever, she's going to Kentucky to breed. She's, last, she's leaving L.A. for good, California. Would you like to come see the horse? I was like, oh, absolutely. I want to meet Zenyatta. So I went up to L.A. and my daughter lived there and we met and we went to the, to the, to the stable and met the horse. And when, oh, wait, wait, stop the video, stop the video, stop the video, stop the video, stop the video. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> when I was petting her, she put her head right here. And on her face are these little tiny hairs. And I was, I never had this experience. And as we're talking to her, all of a sudden I felt and her head moved, as you can see in a minute. It wasn't really slow. But it went right here. And the hairs on her face were touching my face. But her nose did not touch my body. And she had the sense that she was really close. And I was telling her how beautiful she was. I loved her. And I was rude for her. And she was right here. God wants to be right in your yes. face. Watch that video. Watch the video. Watch the video. Watch the video. 
Oh, she was, and, and her fur was like velvet. Um, God wants to be right here with you. He doesn't want you to, oh, he's somewhere. He wants to be right here with you. And he wants, he wants, to, he wants to look at you. <laughs> he wants to hear you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to know that he's thinking about you. He wants you to see the expression on his face. He wants to hear your prayers. My grandson and I have these things that we, little traditions we do. Like when I see him, we hug and then we say rub head and we rub each other's head. And the new thing that I'm doing with him now is I kiss his head. I say, kiss that head, kiss that head. And I grab his head and I just kiss his head. And then he goes, kiss that head, kiss that head. Then he kisses my head. And I grab his head and I just start kissing him and I, and I, and I want him right here. I want him right here. Grampy's right here. Stop looking for God's hand. And when you walk into God's presence, it's not that you're walking into some cloud aura. You're walking into the presence of the face of a person. What I mean by person, a personality that can think. You were made in his image. The reason you can think is because he thinks. <laughs> the reason you feel is because he feels. The reason you can reason is because he reasons. The reason you can see is because he sees. And for you every day to say, Lord, I want to look at you and I want you to see me and I want you to, I want, I want to be right in front of you. I don't want to be on the other side of the room. I want to engage in your thoughts. I want to read something to you because our time is running out. Turn to Exodus chapter 33 and we'll end with this verse. It said, Moses took his tent, 33 verse 7, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was when Moses went out of the tabernacle that all the people rose, and each man stood in his tent and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses and all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose in worship, each man his own tent door. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. The Jews walked for 40 years. And the presence of God led them through the wilderness. In the day, it was in the form of a pillar of smoke. And at night, it was in the form of a pillar of fire. It was the presence of God. 24 hours a day, he said, I'm right here. And they didn't move until that pillar moved. And when Moses went into the tent to meet with God, the pillar of smoke came above the tent. And everybody knew God is in there with, God, with Moses. My challenge to you is that you pursue the presence of God. As you read the Bible... That you say, Lord, I want to encounter your face. I want to look at you. I want to hear your voice. And you might say, well, how does that work? There is a part of your brain called the limbic system. The limbic, sy limbic system 
has the ability to, commu ability to communicate to you but does not have the ability of language. In other words, it's, it's the cause of your gut feeling. You ever meet somebody and go, ah, something wasn't right. Can I get an amen? And, and then you meet somebody else and go, I like that person. Can I get an amen? There's something, there's something that can be communicated to you without words. <laughs> you know, when we pray in the spirit, you pray mysteries that you don't even understand. That God can speak to you. God can tell you, I love you and I want you to give your life to me without words. But you are sure that's what he's saying to you. I'm going to take care of you. Everything's going to be okay. Without words, but you just know he's communicating to me right now. In a minute we're going to pray. And there are some of y'all in here in all the campuses and online, in microsite, in prison, juvenile hall, that God is calling you to walk away, physically walk away from your old life into his face. You say, Lord, I need, a, I need a change in my life. I need something to change in my life. I need to surrender my life to you. And it may not be words that you heard me say with my mouth, but there's something in your spirit that God is communicating to you. And it may not even be words that you can articulate, but it is something that you know is as real as you know your name. He is communicating to you with his presence. Because when you look at the face of God, the face of God may not even say anything. But his face is communicating to you a thousand things. That your spirit is saying, I know he loves me. I know he's going to take care of me. I know. Even though I don't know the answers to these questions and how he's going to guide me through this problem. I just know I need to surrender to him. I need, I need to give my life to him. In a minute we're going to pray. In all the campuses you're going to have an opportunity to surrender and walk into the presence of his face. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. While I'm praying, at the end of my prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up if you pray this prayer with me. But while I'm praying, there are going to be some of you who are going to go, I don't need to wait to the end of the prayer. God's already spoke to me. He's already communicated to me. And I'm going to ask you, if that's you, while I'm praying, just stand up. Just wait to the end of the prayer. And I'm going to ask the other people at the end of the prayer to stand up. But if you say, no, God's already spoke to me. I already know. I need to surrender. I'm just going to ask you, as you affirm that in your heart, just go, I'm ready. I don't need to wait. So bow your heads and close your eyes. And at any time between this moment right now and at the end of this prayer, you feel God has already revealed to me in my heart. I'm going to stand up. Just stand to your feet. Holy Spirit, I pray you move on people's hearts right now. God bless you. People are already standing. I pray that as you move on people, that they sense your small, still voice and they respond out of obedience, out of submission. God bless you. Another person. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. Holy Spirit, if we would just respond to you, God bless you. If we would just do what you say when you say it, and we don't need someone else to guide and direct us all the time, that we hear you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We hear you speak to us. We hear you encourage us. And we just follow you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lord, thank you. May we be led by the presence of God. May we be drawn by the presence of God. May we be transformed by the presence of God. The look of God. The facial expression of God. The thought of God. The word of God. 
Lord, every single one of these people who are standing all over the sanctuary right now, they're sensing you. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are speaking to them. You are speaking life, encouragement, hope, a future. So for the rest of us, if you want to pray, just pray with me. There are dozens of you standing right now. If you pray in your heart, say, dear God, for anybody else, say, dear God, I know you love me. I know you have a plan for my life. I need to walk in the presence of God. I need to enter the presence of God. Jesus, forgive me. I surrender. I am yours. I am yours. If you pray that prayer and you're still sitting, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you want someone with you to stand up, just tap their knee, grab their hand, if you know them, obviously. But if you pray that prayer and you're saying, yes, I want to stand in agreement. On the count of three, just stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 In a minute, we're going to ask all y'all who are standing to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down. The rest of us, we want to stay in our seat, but we want to celebrate. So if you're standing up, come out of your seat. Come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. They come on down. My brother, what's up? God bless you. Stay right there, my brother. Amen. Come on now. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> God bless you. I won't punch you. <laughs> I won't punch you. <laughs> God bless you. 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 Congratulations. God bless you. 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 You're welcome. God bless you. 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 Hey, what's up, man? God bless you. Hey, man, come on now. Come on now, people. God bless you. 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 God bless you, darling. God bless you. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Oops, sorry. God bless you. 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 You're welcome. God bless you. 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 Amen. You, every week when we do this, I want you to pay attention to one thing. Our church is the United Nations, as I call it Skittles. Amen. The kingdom of God, in, in, in Matthew chapter 25, the Bible says all the nations will be gathered before Jesus. All the nations. I want you to always distinguish the word of the God and the, what culture says. And every altar call is the United Nations. Why? Because God loves everybody. We need to love everybody. And so as we think about that message, 
Let God purify our heart. He is going to be very pleased with our effort. And the willingness, by the way, it's an uncomfortable topic. The willingness to be uncomfortable so we can be comfortable. That, that's a step of faith. And God loves every single one of you. He does not love you like the world does. He does not love you like the world does. He loves you a whole lot better. And he has plans for your life way better than you could ever ask or imagine. And that's a, that's a great thing. Amen. Amen. God, God's plans for us are so good that when he starts to reveal them to you, you can't believe them. And then the devil tells you that you're not qualified. And then what you need to tell the devil is that you are exactly right. I'm not qualified. But he's qualified. <laughs> so that's all I need to know. And God will qualify me for the role I'm going to play in his plan. Key thing. God will qualify me day by day for the role I'm going to play in his plan. So what he's going to show you he's going to do is way bigger than you because it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about him. You're going to play a role, but in the end it's going to be him. He's the hero. So we just got to be, we got to know that God's going to qualify me to say today what I got to say today. There's sometimes I go speak, I don't know everything I'm going to say. Matter of fact, most of the time when I speak, I only know certain things and I know God's going to fill in the blank. 90% of the things that I say that are humorous, I do not plan. It just happens. I'm serious. God gave me that ability, that's on him. But I don't come up here saying, okay, I got he says, just go up there and here's the thing that I want you to say and then we'll work out the rest. We'll work out the rest. When I come up here, there's a whole lot of we'll work out the rest in the moment. That's a scary thing. Every time I come up here. So, so just understand, in the moment, God's going to prepare you to do what he's got you to do. Don't worry about it. Just say, I believe he loves me. And he's going to show you stuff and you're going to be like, ah. And there's going to be a little voice saying, nah, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And you say, shut up. I'm trusting God. I'm, I'm trusting God. Amen. And, and what I mean by I say shut up, I mean I'm talking about to the devil. You don't want to say that to people, okay. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for all these people. I thank you. We, we, got, we got the United Nations. We got 195 countries standing here at the stage. Because you made all of them in your image wonderful and beautiful. Wonderful and beautiful. And, Lord, I pray that you reveal to them, sometimes with words that they can't even speak, how much you love them. And just let them know it's going to be okay. You may not show them all the details. They just need to trust it's going to be okay. In Jesus' name, in the nombre de Jesus. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. All y'all are going to take a right turn. We're going to cheer, not leave. We're going to celebrate them out. Take a right turn and walk this way. Come on, church. Let's give them a big hand. Come on. Yes. Come on now. Let's celebrate, church. church.
Everybody say, everybody say, presence. Say presence. Say presence. Just keep saying that over, over, all throughout the week. Text it to each other. Presence. Text it to each other. Presence. Pause. Acknowledge the presence of God. Don't lash out. Don't react. Presence. And pay attention to what happens different in your heart, in your mind, in your circumstances. Pay attention. Let God do what he's going to do. You having a fight with somebody? Presence. Let God handle it. Presence. God go with me. Presence. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't get confused with information and facts. That's fine. The information and facts describe the reality, but presence. And listen. Listen to that wordless voice of God. The, 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 the leading of the Spirit of God. The peace of God. He, you're going to have decisions to make and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he's going to go, no words. You're like, I think you're telling me to kind of move across country. Any more than that? Sometimes it's like that. That's how I did this. When I say did this, started the church. He went, it's time. Okay. I'm changing my whole life. Okay. If you're moving, God can steer you. If you make a mistake, he'll turn your direction. Don't worry. Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. He was going to kill his own son. He said, I want you to kill your son, sacrifice your son. He said, okay, let's go. Isaac went to the top of the mountain, laid him down, was going to kill him. And God said, okay, I just want to see, I was just testing you. Could you, could you test me some other way? <laughs> he said, now I know you trust me. Okay, just practice presence, practice presence and see what happens. Don't come here just to do it and then go about your business. Get better. Every week at something, getting closer to God. Presence. Amen? Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Miles, for that great message. Thank you, Pastor Miles. Feel free to have a seat.